0: chapter number 5, I'm going to read verses 1 through 18, and then I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our message for this morning. The Bible says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind and halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Then then whosoever first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years." When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, in fact, why don't you read these next several words out loud with me, won't you? Let's begin. Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. And afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done this thing on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My Father which worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought no more to kill him, because he had not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Pray, Heavenly Father, thank you again for the opportunity this morning to come and to stand behind this pulpit and to preach the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please again use me this morning as your instrument and as your vessel to accomplish your purpose for us being here. Lord, as the word of, goes forth, speak to our hearts and draw each of us closer to you. And I again pray for someone that has never received Christ. I pray that this would be the day that they would be gloriously saved. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray all these things. Amen. Well, as you can see this morning, the title to the message is, Will Thou Be Made Whole? That's the question, really, that every individual must make, or answer, when they're confronted with the Gospel, wilt thou be made whole? I read this this week, I put it on your handout, and by the way, if you're watching from home this morning, or if you came in a little bit late, the reason that the screen behind me is not working this morning is because the bulb burned out. So, if you're here this morning, we're not going to be able to put the Scriptures up on the on the screen, obviously, so I'd encourage you, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, grab a Bible from one of the hymnal racks below. It'll be easier for you to follow along. But again, it's in John chapter number five. And uh, that's the question, though, that, that Jesus asks. That's really the eternal question Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? And someone wrote this on your handout. They said, This questions of this kind are frequently asked in the secret of our souls by the inspirations of God's Spirit. Christ, by asking this question, He designed in this person to excite this person's faith and their hope and a greater desire of even being healed. And as I read through this passage of Scripture this morning, I'm not sure if you realize how many times that the word whole uh, is emphasized. Just look again. Look at in verse 4, that those who stepped into the water, they were made whole. The question, will thou be made whole? Verse 9, immediately the man was made whole. Verse 11, he answered them and he made me whole. Verse 14, the middle of the verse, thou art made whole. Verse 15, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. 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 It's really the question every individual's got to answer when the gospel's presented to them. And so, also, when you think about that, it reflects upon, or we think about this that if Jesus is asking him the question, and Jesus is asking everyone else the question, then the reality is every individual enters into this world and they're not whole. They're not whole. And that's because of sin in a person's life. And that's the question here with regards to this man. And I want you to see the picture that Jesus paints here in this text. Wilt thou be made whole? So the scene, as you can see here, they're by this pool. The pool of Bethesda. And as I was doing some reading on this, people have come up with all kinds of reasons why the pool stirred and people were healed. I just happen to believe that the pool stirred and the peep, the person who entered first was healed because an angel of the Lord was there, and that's how it all works. And sometimes people try to make more out of the Bible than than it really is. I just believe what it says, and 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 I accept what God's Word says here. And uh, you and I should do that as well, Amen. There's too much um, uh, rewriting of the Bible, and the old saying goes, "There's too much rewriting of the Bible today." What we really need to do is just keep rereading the Bible, Amen. That's where we get the answers from. And uh, so that's this man's looking for answers in his life. And there he had laid there for 38 years. Now whether or not he was there every day for 38 years and didn't go home or whatnot, I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't say. But for 38 years, he hoped that someone would put him in that pool and this man would be healed. And all around here we see this scene all different types of people that were there. The blind, the halt, the withered. All waiting for the moving of the water. So many there, really, that uh, were, were in great need, the Bible says. And really what some have said, many uh, many Bible writers and many Bible teachers believe that many of the people there, perhaps not all, because we've, we've addressed this as we've looked in my adult Sunday school class every week with regard to to healing. Not every physical sickness that someone has is a result of sin. But if you notice in verse 14 when Jesus catches up to this man, look what it says. It says, afterwards Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. That little phrase there, sin no more, uh, many think that's an indication that whatever uh, the man had things in his life that it caused him to be in this situation. But will thou be made whole? If you're sitting here this morning, you need to ask yourself that question. So three things I want to give you this morning with regards to that. Will thou be made whole? You might say, well, doesn't everyone, doesn't everyone want to be made whole? I mean, think about that. If Jesus came to you and Jesus said to you, will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Well, everyone would want to be made whole. Who wouldn't want to be made whole? Who wouldn't? Well, I'm going to suggest to you this morning that there are many people who do not want to be made whole. There are many people, for instance, who hear the gospel over again and over again and over again and reject the gospel. So the question, "Will thou be made whole?" But let me bring it to another level. I want to look at this as kind of twofold. One is, yes, there are many people who they hear the gospel and they reject the gospel. We're going to look at an example in a minute. But how about you and I as believers? We've made that. We've come to the realization that we're sinners, we're lost, and we need to be saved, and we accept Christ as our Savior. But then we begin to journey through life. And certain things are in our lives. And in much, much the same way, Jesus comes to you and I as believers. And, and listen, in all, when Jesus said, or when the, when the Bible says in 1 John, If thou shalt confess thy sin, he is faithful and just to give us, forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Really, I believe that verse is being applied to Christians. How we are daily to confess our sin. In other words, what I'm saying is there are things in our lives sometimes that are going on in our lives that we Jesus is coming to us as believers and saying, listen, there's an area of your life that I want to work on. Are you willing to be made whole in that area of your life? You understand what I'm saying? And so think of it from that perspective as well. But I want to tell you this morning that not everyone wants to be made whole. There's the hardness sometimes of mankind. There's sometimes the hardness in our hearts of a person who doesn't want to accept Jesus as their Savior. There's also sometimes we saw it in my adult Sunday school class this morning when Jesus walked on the water and the disciples were afraid. The Bible says that because it was right after the feeding of the the 5,000, Jesus was on shore praying. He sent them out into, into the ship into the sea. But The storm blew in. They were frightened. They see Jesus coming. Jesus calms the sea. They recognize finally who Jesus is. But the Scripture said there in the Gospel of Mark, it was because of the hardness of their heart that they feared. And the disciples had been walking with the Lord for over a year, maybe a year and a half by now. So I submit to you this morning that if the disciples who were walking with Jesus for a year to a year and a half, could have hardened hearts, then you and I, for however long we've been Christians, also at times can have hardened hearts to the truth of God's Word as well. Amen? So something to be careful of. Notice on your handout I have for you Romans chapter number... Do I have Romans chapter number 2 for you on your handout? I changed that. What do I have on your handout? Hebrews 3:13. At the last minute, I changed that verse and I didn't change it on my notes. Maybe. may hey, I'm going to. But in Hebrews chapter 3:13, the Bible says this, "But exhort one another daily, while it is called today." lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Also written to believers, exhort one another daily. Why also in the book of Hebrews did the Bible say, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Because as we come and we sit under the preaching and sit under the teaching of God's word, it's to exhort and to edify and to deal with our hearts so that our hearts don't become hardened to the things of God. We're to be mindful of that. The verse that I was going to have on your handout is this. Listen to Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Now if you know the book of Romans, in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, Paul paints the picture. He really brings the condemnation with regards to mankind and their sinful condition before before he transitions to how we're justified by grace. But listen to what he says here. Despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance? Do you despise this? It says also in Romans, because when they knew the When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful in their hearts. You see, there are times when people's hearts get hard, but not everyone, not everyone when the question is asked, will thou be made whole, says yes. Let me give you this example in the Old Testament. In the book of Exodus, Moses is sent to rescue the people from being under the bondage of Pharaoh. And you remember that there were how many plagues? I know you've all you're all missed an hour of sleep, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you some questions this morning, and keep you into it. How many plagues were there when Pharaoh, uh, when Moses said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, what did he say? Let my people go. How many plagues? Somebody tell me. Ten. First plague was what? Turn the water into turn the, the everything into blood. Amen. The second plague. This is the one I want to talk to you a minute about. What was the second plague? Ribbit. The frogs. The frogs. And, and, and Moses said to Pharaoh, Listen, if you don't let my people go, there will be frogs everywhere. You know what happened? There were frogs everywhere. And, I mean, they come up out of the rivers and out of the streams into the people's houses. They were, you know, how would you like to get into bed? You open up the bed and there's a frog jumping. Everywhere there are frogs. In another month and a half, I have a pond up behind my house. In about another month and a half, springtime, that's when all the frogs seem to they end up in my pond and they're mating is what they're doing. And you can sit down below the hill and you could hear in the evening, rivet, 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 rivet. And then all of a sudden, one day they're gone. Except for usually two or three. But there are frogs everywhere. And the, the Egyptians, they had just had it with these frogs. And Mo, Pharaoh says to Moses, Moses, entreat the Lord that he may take the frogs from me. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Well, when Pharaoh, when do you want me to get rid of these frogs? You know what Pharaoh said? To tomorrow. Tomorrow. There's a famous sermon that was preached by a man by the name of Hugh Pyle many years ago. It was entitled, One More Night with the Frogs. That happens in people's lives sometimes. Jesus comes and He says to us, "He may be, He may even, the Holy Spirit may even be speaking to you right now in this Message. And as a believer, there's something going on in your life, and Jesus is saying to you, Do you want to be made whole here? But you know what sometimes happens to you and I? We're like Pharaoh. Jesus says, Well, when do you want to be made whole? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Like for instance, how many times does someone sit in a, in a church? auditorium and the gospel is preached and the Holy Spirit moves upon that person and says to that person, "And you know there's something that's not right in your life either as a believer or maybe you're an unbeliever and you hear the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart saying you need to get saved. You need to accept Jesus as your Savior. You need to be born again. How many of us sat and heard the gospel over again and over again and over again and Jesus came and said wilt thou be made whole? And we said Well, not today, but maybe tomorrow. Not today, maybe tomorrow. Or how many times as believers we've sat and the preachers preach on a certain subject, or, or, or maybe we're not even in church, maybe we're at home, and maybe we're reading our Bible, or maybe we're in prayer, or maybe we're just driving down the road, and the Holy Spirit of God starts to speak to us about this issue or that issue, and it's really Jesus coming and saying, do you want to be made whole in this area? And deep down in our hearts, we say, I do, I do. But maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Pharaoh, when do you want me to take these frogs away? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You see, that's just an indication of the hardness of man's hearts. Wilt thou be made whole? King David and Bathsheba. I'm not going to get into the whole story for the sake of time, but most of you know, David, King David had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, premeditated the death of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Uriah is killed. Bathsheba is with child. David thinks he's gotten away with a great sin. Don't you think in the life of David that over that period of time before Nathan the prophet came, and said to David, Thou art the man. That during that period of time, God spoke to David's heart and said, David, you need to get this right. You need to get this right. David said in his heart, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. You see, you'd think everyone would want to be, be get whole. but It's not the case. It's not the case. How many times did we hear the gospel before we were saved? How many times did we sit under the preaching and the converting power of the Holy Spirit of God and walk away and we said tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be made whole. Now fortunately for the man in the account that we're reading, that's not his his case here. Jesus asks that question. and Notice what it says in verse 7. And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. So you understand the situation here. He laid there for 38 years, hoping that he would get into the water. And for 38 years, no one would help him get into the water first. And it really brings us to the second point of the message this morning. It's Sometimes it's the hopelessness of mankind. Sometimes we can reach the place in our lives where we just think, It's just hopeless. It's hopeless. And whether it's you or people that we come into contact with, let me tell you, there are people that that we'll come into contact with that are just in despair. They may be facing some type of emotional or physical or financial or spiritual hopelessness. and they just don't think there's any hope. And maybe you're here this morning thinking that. Maybe you're watching on the live stream. It's just hopeless. There's no chance. Think of all that's going on in Ukraine right now, and those people and all the upheaval, and, and people leaving that country with nothing more than their suitcase. Leaving their homes, their jobs, their family. What a hopeless, hopeless situation. But the Lord is causing this man here to face his hopelessness. I'm sure after 38 years, he probably figured, there is no way I'm ever getting into the water here. And he lay there for 38 years. You'd think he'd given up hope after 38 years. He wouldn't have even gone down to the spring. So there was just a sliver of hope there. Deep down inside, many who face this reality turn to the things that this world has to offer because they're hopeless, trying to fill a void of hopelessness. There's a cycle of hopelessness, a cycle of despair. On your handout, I have for you Psalm 42 5. David faced this, King David. King David, who the Bible says is a man after God's own heart, listen to what David writes here. Why art thou cat? In fact, you know when you read this. In fact, this verse is found three times in the Psalms. It's as if David is having a conversation with David. It's as if you were looking in the mirror. Think of yourself looking in the mirror, talking to yourself. Or sometimes I'll just get. Sometimes uh, my kids, when I when they were all at home, they they would see me working around the yard or doing something, or I think maybe in my wife, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? I was just talking to myself. But here's David, he's talking to himself. Why art thou cast down? David says to David. Oh, my soul, why art thou disquieted in me? Look at those four words in the middle of that verse. Hope. Thou in God. Would you repeat those four words for me? Let's begin. Hope thou in God. That's the answer. For right? I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. You see all of these things in the Word of God, according to Romans chapter 15 and verse four, all of these things were written aforetime for our learning, that we through patience and hope of the scripture that we through Uh, patience of the scriptures might have hope. Hope! And so many people go through life and even as believers we can reach a place in our lives that we just feel so hopeless. But we already learned earlier in the message that the disciples, they walked with Jesus for about a year and a half, their hearts had become hardened. And the hardness of our heart can bring us to a place of hopelessness. Well, we're not like the first point of the message where we just don't want to be made whole. Deep down inside, we really do, but we've really become hopeless. But Jesus comes and Jesus approaches this man. Wilt thou be made whole? And that little tiny sliver of hope that he still had, he says, I do, but there's nobody to help me. Well, we know that that's not true, amen? Amen. Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He'll always help. Even when we don't realize it, He's there to help us. And then, look at verse 8, look what it says. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. The one thing the man could not do Jesus asks him to do. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. This is the moment when the will of man and the will of God come together. Do you think the man would like to stand up and to walk? Absolutely. Do you think the, the, the brother or the sister in Christ you think the bro- who's struggling in some area of their life where Jesus is saying to them, "Won't you be made whole in this particular area?" Don't you think that they and their and their life in that moment? Yes, I want to be made whole. You know, I just sent a letter to a, an email to the Hamiltons who were taking on for support. They're in the Bronx, New York. We watched a video of them. Uh, Was it a week or two ago? Maybe it was last week. And uh, when I sent when I sent him an email and told him we were considering taking him on for support, he was so thankful. Their support's only at eighty nine percent. It's very expensive to start a church in the Bronx. But I said, let me. I wrote back and I said, let me give you a little personal note here. In a revival meeting on Henry Street in the Bronx, a man by the name of Stephen accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. I'm told that he was a drunkard. And in that revival meeting, when he asked Christ to save him, it was the last time he ever took a drink. Now, that's not everyone's story. You've heard my testimony. It took me six months of praying and struggling with with these things. But this man, Stephen, began to serve the Lord and raised his family in the things of God. Because there was a revival meeting, and that preacher, who my understanding came from Russia, to preach to a Russian congregation in the Bronx, And that man got saved. That, that evangelist was saying to that congregation, "Wilt thou be made whole? And there that man, Stephen, stood there. And he said, I want to be made whole. I want to be saved. We had a large family, and one of his sons, name was Joe. And one day, Joe said, having been asked that question, will thou be made whole? Joe said, I want to be made whole. I want to be made whole. And then one day, that man Joe had a son. And his name was Eric. And Eric, he was more like the first example. For 24 years, that that. He he heard the gospel day in, not day in, but many, many times. Wilt thou be made whole? Not today, maybe tomorrow. Not today, but maybe tomorrow. But then one day, he said, I want to be made whole. And then Eric had a son whose name was Ethan. And many other sons as well. Like Father Abraham. (laughs) Same question. I wrote back to the Hamiltons, and I said, because of that revival meeting in the Bronx and that evangelist preaching, I now have the privilege of watching my grandchildren, which are the fifth generation of Christians, as an outcome of that revival meeting. Will thou be made whole? It's a wonderful question that Jesus asks, isn't it? And then, as I got saved all through my life, even now, and even you as believers, there's areas in our life where Jesus comes and he says, Listen, I'm so glad you're my son. I'm so glad you're my daughter. But let's talk about this era of your life. Would you like to be made whole here? People go through life bitter and they go through life angry, and Jesus comes to and he says, Wilt thou be made whole? I remember one gal came to me uh, years and years ago and she, she had an issue going on in her life. She had hidden a lie for years and years and years about an event that happened in her life. And it had a, it, 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 she had made a terrible accusation about a young man. And for years it bothered her. For years before she came, Jesus must have come to her and said, "'Wilt thou be made whole? You know that this isn't right. Won't you be made whole?' And one day, she finally said, As a believer, I I want to be made whole. And she got that right. And that story can be told over again and over again and over again in people's lives. As Jesus keeps coming to us, won't you be made whole? Won't you make this right? But sometimes people are just hopeless. It's not that their hearts are hard so much, they, they could be just hopeless. And then in this instance here, this man he just felt you know the hopelessness now results in just a helplessness. Rise and walk, Jesus said. And he says to all of us, rise and walk. The one thing that, that that man couldn't do, Jesus says to do it. And this is this is that crossroads whether it's the moment you and I get saved, it's that moment when we're confronted with the Gospel, it's that moment when we've got to say, because it's the will of God and and meeting with the will of man and we surrender to the will of God and we just accept Christ as our Savior. That's the crossroads. And all through your Christian life, you're going to have crossroads. It's those moments when Jesus is trying to deal with the issues in our life. One is the issue of salvation, and then as believers, and the other is the, the issue of, of sanctification, growing in the things of God. And just like this man, the day that you and I get saved, the day that Jesus says, "Wilt out and be made whole, then Jesus says, Have, you and I having done that, rise! You and I, we were dead in our sin, we were dead in our trespasses, and Christ comes and Christ saves us, and, and, and then He says, rise and walk. Walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Walk through life serving me. Walk circumspectly. In fact, it's a great word study. Do a word study in Paul's epistles. How many times did Paul uses the word walk, 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 walk because our Christian life, it's a journey. Hebrews 4.16 4, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, it's a wonderful truth in God's Word. And here's this man. Verse 9, immediately the man was made whole. He takes up his bed and off he goes. And the Jews talk about hardness of heart in verse 10. They're more concerned it was the Sabbath than this man could walk. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Oh, verse 11. He that made me whole, he said, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Well, who is this man? And you know what? He, he, he's not even sure what's taking place here because the Bible says this. And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. But afterwards, Jesus catches up with him. Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. And so the man departs and he tells the Jews it was Jesus. And if you study the life of Jesus, you'll find this is a real transition in Jesus' life. It's from this point forward that they want to kill him. They want to persecute him. They sought to slay him because he had done this thing on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto and I work." Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. In other words, he's declaring he was God in the flesh. They want to kill him. Wow. But here's this man. Not with a hard heart, but a hopeless heart. A hopeless heart and a helpless heart. He had no one to help him but Jesus. So as we finish up this morning, let me ask you this question, because I'm done. First of all, if you're here and you're a believer, what area of your life, what area of your life is Jesus trying to deal with? And He comes to you and he says, don't you want to be made whole in this area of your life? Don't you want to be made whole? Let's not be like Pharaoh, right, who says, no yeah, I do, but maybe tomorrow. Whereas a young person, you see, "Yeah, I really want to serve Jesus, but you know, I'm kind of young and I kind of want to sow my wild oats first. No, that's a dangerous place to be. What area of your life is Jesus saying to you, "I want to be made whole? Or don't you want to be made whole? Don't say tomorrow. say today. I don't care what it is just like with this man immediately Jesus comes and meets the need but then if you're here this morning or you're watching let me ask you this have you called upon Jesus to make you whole spiritually are you saved this morning are you born again And if you're not, Jesus is right now, the Holy Spirit right now is saying to you, don't you want to be made whole? Don't you want to be made whole? And this morning, if you'll admit that you're a sinner, if you'll believe that Jesus died and paid for your sin, he'll call up, and you call upon him, he'll save you. And he'll make you whole. He'll make you whole. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. morning with our heads bowed, with our eyes closed. Whatever it is that Jesus is dealing with you about, why don't you just at the quietness of the moment spend some time with him in prayer. Whatever the issues of life Jesus is dealing with, Tell Him, Lord, I really do want to be made whole in this particular area of my life, and I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I want to do it right now. I want to deal with it right now where I sit. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, you know, you can pray, or you're watching the live stream. You could pray something like this Dear Lord, I, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe, Jesus, that you died and you paid for my sin. And today I call upon you to be my Savior. Make me whole. Father, as we sing this closing hymn of invitation, just continue, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts. Draw each of us closer to you in a very real and powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen.